Welcome to So You Think Your Car Is Fast, where we dive into the world of high-end, fast cars and explore what it truly means to have a fast car. From the latest in supercar technology to the mechanics that make these machines go, we'll separate fact from fiction and uncover the misconceptions about speed and power that exist in the minds of the general public. Join us as we put the pedal to the metal and discover what it takes to have a car that truly lives up to the title of fast. What's yeah. up, fellas? What's going on? Trying to figure out life. Let me know when you got that figured out. Never going to happen. Mm. All right. So um, what, what exciting things happened this weekend that we can talk about? There was the, uh, the, the dual clutch cup race. I don't remember what oh, it's called. DCT. DCT. Hey, I don't, I don't even know a lot about that. Where do they do that? It's in Florida. It's in Bradenton. And I guess neither one of you could compete since you don't have a DCT. <laughs> Why were no. you not there, Taylor? Mm. No, we also Reasons don't run excuses. Reasons are excuses. This, yeah. this is a really good example of knowing when or when your car is not fast because we do not run sixes in the quarter mile. <laughs> no. Plus, I only have a single clutch. That's I have a triple clutch. So that oh, might put true. me in a different. I do have a, a triple clutch. clutch. Yeah, forgot about that. I have that. ten. So yeah, so DCT World Cup, lots of fast cars, mainly um, Lambos and uh, R8s and GTRs. GTRs. Did you see Amy Palo run like uh, I don't know half the track on the back wheels? That was pretty cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how Tony does it because I couldn't put my wife in a car that only drove down the track on two wheels. No, she he must, must be not seriously love her. Badass. <laughs> yeah, my my wife doesn't like it when I punch it in my truck. I don't, I don't <laughs> think we're we're not drag racing. Well, I did nope. see that uh, that Giddy uh, Giddy what took three years off and uh, comes back with the ETS car and. Breaks his own record and wins the event. Yeah, but didn't he have some? Didn't something happen like in the middle of the event for him? The second launch, um, <laughs> broke some suspension parts and some some uh, uh, rear suspension parts, and the car bounced three times and went backwards and almost hit the wall. And he saved it, and then comes back. I think they built the car overnight, and he went back out and won the event. I, I saw some of those pictures floating around on social media where his car's up and there's like three or four dudes hanging out of the bottom of it. That's yeah, uh, it's a good crew. Yeah, that talk about uh, track support for that guy. Yeah, good for him. Yeah. Did did him. Uh, the the one thing that I saw that stuck in my memory was not a a great thing, but was the uh, there there was a crash right where the car oh. uh, all of a sudden. I mean, I don't really understand what happens in that scenario, but from, you know, from the starting line video that I saw, uh, cars going down the track and then just makes a 90 degree left-hand turn and shoots into the wall. Yeah, but, and, and then, it was, and it was way down the track already. It was, it was after the finish. Is that like a tire going down, down or something? Or when they, I, they hit the brakes too hard or, I, I don't know. It could be a combo of both, but I did not see a shoot. I don't even know if the car had a shoot. So, you know, the debate is if he would have had a shoot, would that have straightened him out? Blah, blah, blah. 
I don't think well, he had you know, time to think about. <laughs> I'm curious what would happen in a scenario on an airstrip because there wouldn't be there wouldn't be anything to crash into. Right. right? You you just keep going, but at that speed, I don't know that you really want to be off in the grass going sideways either. So Right. Uh, interesting topic of conversation, but that wasn't even the strangest part. No, <laughs> no. I remember when Todd sent the link to me and he said, keep watching. It gets worse. And I, and didn't... I'm thinking, how can it get any worse? Like the helicopter landing to take him to the hospital crashes. Yeah, no. Like what happens? I was well, not prepared. No, the, the gator, right. That they were taking out, out to, to get to the far end of the track. The guy slid it sideways between the lanes. And when it, caught on the vht the you know the track prep to make it sticky at the starting line he rolled that thing over yeah toppled yeah. right over man and it looked really bad i mean i would laugh and i kind of am because it was ridiculous but it, it looked like the guy actually hurt himself because no, i think i think i read that he did that they had to they ended up taking him to the hospital or something that his arm got caught under it i, hmm. I mean yeah of course. it's, it's got to be something like that i mean that's just yeah well you know yeah, people people get excited and you know do things that they wouldn't ordinarily do and you know he was trying to be heroic and race down there and help the guy sure. and, yeah and rolling it so yeah all right see i mean it, it looks like it's going great right now yeah cross they the trap finish even right there oh, and then just oh this is a clearer video of the first one i saw so i yeah but so wait there's right more here, he just makes a serious left-hand turn yeah oh and then there's that right there see how he's at the car angles yeah right i there? don't i don't know maybe something broke i i don't yeah i have no idea how that yeah something broke tire completely failed and this you know i guess it would mean it would be the front left tire or the rear left tire that probably the front left that, I mean, uh, that, that that's a pretty impressive sharp turn that it made there so you know i've seen cars do that on runways before when there's a little bit sketchiness and traction and somebody hits the brakes really hard they do tend to just go around like that so i mean i guess that could be what it is that's but why that, I want a parachute for my car because if you start going around, pull that chute and it'll straighten you back out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, here's the yeah. here's the rest of it. This is this is the crazy part. That's just out of nowhere, man. A jack stand goes flying. He's got his arm pinned, I bet. Yeah, that's a... Uh, mm. He just hit that track prep. Yeah, didn't just, quite count on how sticky it was. Yeah, and you you can see that poor guy. You know, he's he's down. He's not getting back up, so... right. I hope he's okay. I, you know, I, I I think I heard the same thing you heard, Taylor. That uh, he went to the hospital, but beyond that, I yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. Well, the driver of the R eight was fine. You know, you don't. Know yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Nobody was talking about that either. You know. Yeah. I, Besides a you know, probably a hurt wallet. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't really tell. The thing I'm always afraid of in that instance is like it's one thing if the car goes down 
loses it, hits the wall. But it's another thing if the car goes down, loses it, and hits the other car too. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's because that's even worse. Yeah. So I mean, maybe you're lucky if it's if it's just you that goes in, but. Yeah, that was crazy. Fifth picture from the left. I recognize that turbo. What's that, Taylor? I mean, that's a swirly twirly gumdrop that's mm. ready. That's a giant. So that's one of the the two that, that hang off the back of your car? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What is it? It's a turbo. Yeah, and it's how big is it? What kind of power does it make? I mean, it's it's a a little bit bigger than a monster can. It's bigger than a monster. (laughs) Yeah, it's a Zona rotor turbo and an X4C compressor cover as well. Yeah, that's that's what makes it look so big, man. It's uh, the the crazy thing is, I showed that picture to my wife, and she goes, "Oh, it's so tiny," and I was like, "Wait, what?" But not in my world. That's a big. Yeah. Yeah. so it then I started trying like, to then then I texted my buddy that has some uh some OEM VTG turbos off of his nine nine seven two and I was like, hey, could you do me a favor and snap a picture of your stock turbos next to a monster can so I can compare the two? And no. he didn't do it. I mean, I I can't like. He's like, well, I got them in my garage. I was like, well, just you know, sometime. But I did have a picture of some uh, BMW turbos from an N fifty four sitting next to a regular size soda can and those look like little tiny dwarfs compared to that one so little size comparison yeah i mean that's a pretty good size turbo uh and you know you went from the x3c cover on your turbo to the x4c cover on your turbo yep don't know what that's going to do to the seat of the pants dino but uh yeah i don't know that we'll really be able to tell Uh, but what, what is good for that is, is that the, essentially the inlet of the, of the, uh, compressor is larger, right? So it's exposed, it's effectively exposing like a larger, uh, you know, opening for the, uh, air filter to fit over so it can breathe better. And, you know, you've got such a large compressor wheel in there. Apparently we're not disclosing which one, uh, I don't know. I've always, I've always advertised everything about it. And then it seems like. When I when I did these turbos, somebody said to me, "They're like, oh, don't don't say anything." And I was like, "Oh, okay." So then I've just kind of, I've had people ask. I'll be like, "Well, yeah, it's a Zona turbo." Yeah, I mean, it it's a Zona turbo. It uses the big compressor cover. I guess that's mm-hmm. all we're gonna tell everybody for now. <laughs> I guess, I guess we're being we're being like that, huh? Yeah. Um, so it'll flow a little bit better. Uh, in there and you know that's the thing that we have a lot of trouble with in the 911s because you know the engines in the back uh we talked about it before it helps that uh you know the engines behind the rear wheels so puts a lot of weight on the back so once we get going we get really good traction and of course with the turbo engine it kind of power comes in gradually over you know certain you know maybe a second or so as the turbos are coming up it's not like a big v8 normally aspirated engine where there's a big shock of torque which can break the wheels loose so comes in nice and smooth car squats goes and uh, but because the engines are in the back we have a lot of trouble with getting air into them uh, it's not like we can you know, like the corvette guys they just poke the turbos right out of the hood of the car and boom mm-hmm. they've got this nice big you know uh relatively clean because it's going over the hood uh a, a, you know source of air and in our case we've got turbos that are hanging 
basically right behind the rear tires where it wants to pick, you know, kick up all the dirt and dust and everything else. So we have to run air filters and we have to run them in the, on the bottom of the car uh, where there's, you know, essentially a low pressure area because we don't want air coming under the car at 200 miles an hour. We want it going over the car to hold us down. So, you know, as you're saying all this, I'm only absorbing a little bit of it because I'm thinking, should I have gotten bigger air filters too? Uh, as big of an air filter as you can. No, I know, but I, <laughs> is the answer. I know, but the, you're, you're saying the inlet on the X4C, it is significantly larger than the X3C. So my filters aren't going to fit. Oh yeah, that could be. <laughs> we just figured that out now, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think they're going to run the filters on the dyno. So I think you're safe. I mean, I think oh, I'm kind of stuck filters on the turbos for now. But yeah. even so, I still need, uh, shoot. I don't know. I guess we'll ask Trey or Wayne or Jamo or something, somebody. Yeah, we, we need to come up with a better solution to that. You know, um, then if you look at the way the turbos are mounted in a 992 911 turbo, uh, they changed everything. And... Instead of the you know side scoops, the rather iconic side scoops feeding intercooler air, that's actually where turbocharger air comes in. And mm. uh, you know, I thought about doing that with my car, but uh, I was running air-to-air -air intercoolers at the time, and basically you'd have to go ahead and and build headers, intercoolers, exhaust, uh, everything all together in one shot. But yours is kind of like that now, though, right? Because your filters are on top of your uh, intercoolers. Yes, that is true. But I mean, it's not a forced air situation. But yeah, I mean, if I if I had the turbos mounted kind of in the factory uh, intercooler location, uh, I'd probably be able to run them. I'd, at least I'd try to run them without filters. Mm. But, um, you know, there's some interesting arrow effects that happen because if, if we look at our data logs uh, with the air intercoolers, like all three of our cars, roughly around 150 miles an hour, just in intake temps went from, you know, being relatively nice uh, to going north of 200 Fahrenheit as you got over 200 miles an hour. And that always kind of meant one of two things. Either the intercooler wasn't flowing anymore because air was bypassing around the car instead of going in the intercooler inlet, or it was heat soaked and no amount of air was going to help it cool down anymore. It just needed, it needed to, you know, it was saying uncle basically. And I don't know that we ever really answered that question, but we went to air to water intercoolers. Uh, you and I did, uh, unlike Todd who had them all along. Uh, and that, dropped our intake temps, you know, dramatically kind of got rid of that problem. But, um, I think you probably could get away with running intercoolers in the rear of the car using the air coming down over the top of the car and then put the turbos in the sides. I I'd like to try it. I just $25,000 roughly to do it. Doesn't sound appealing on hmm. a hunch. Talking about aim. I'm going to see if I can pull this up. I get fixated on something and now I'm, uh, texting Trey. <laughs> so, so talking about aim in their 992 record run eight, seven, same ECU. I, man, those, those 992s are something else. Let's watch this. 
Yeah, look at that 60 foot, 1.42 seconds. I mean, the zero to 60 people are going to be impressed with that. Yeah, well, this car seems to be doing it all, right? Uh, it's yeah, 60 it, footing it well, really does. Which means it's going through the first 60 feet. I mean, 1.4, that's, yeah. I, that's I was excited to see, uh, you guys know Dave, right? Dave Briggs, the eight-second yeah. daily driver. I was excited to see what his car was going to do because I, I like him. He, he just seems like such a nice guy and... I mean, he was con congratulatory to me one time at, at one of the shift sectors. And, uh, you know, he I think he holds the 991 record, doesn't he? I think uh, I think he does. Yeah, I think he's so. Uh, too. Yeah, I was I was anxious right? to see what his, his was going to do, but he had some. Transmission woes. Well, his car makes fifteen hundred horsepower is what they advertise. He he did tell me because I was messaging him right like I I like to watch his car because you he's pushing the PDK limits and so I asked him and and he's he said well he said I've never I've never broken the transmission roll racing or half mile but from a dig uh, that's where that's where he he sees it and I think he shredded some gears this time yeah but he did say yeah. I mean that was after like I don't know I can't remember the number he said after like fifty or a hundred dig shots or for hole shots on that car so it, yeah. it's the pdk still holds up well i i just pulled up his post uh he ran an 8.2 at 167 1360 foot that car's moving and it's all the trans it's all about the transmission too that's amazing yeah dave briggs good guy built by aim nice I have a picture of Dave's gear here, actually. Trey just responded to me already. <laughs> I'm such an idiot. He's like, the air filters are already on there, dude. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that that's <laughs> the, uh, the gear. Mm. Yeah. And you can see it's 3525. Uh... I'm not sure what gear that is. I did. I was. I was. I started to Google it to try to figure it out, and I was like, "Ah, it's a broken gear." You know. But well, it's probably you know, three. If you go on gear. to Dodson Motorsports website, you know the PDK guys. Um, in fine print on their Porsche pay a Porsche catalog, they say nine nine one gears coming soon. Mm -hmm. I oh. don't know how long it has said that though. Those so, gears will probably right. work in your trans too. Uh, the interesting thing though, is that these, I mean, they're already very, very strong. I mean, they're stronger than nine, nine, seven gears, which are stronger than nine, nine, six gears. Although Todd, of course has uh, a nine, nine, six trans, yeah. transmission because the GT cars, uh, that's what they came with and has, you know, super strong gear, uh, super strong Bill Raider gear set in it already. Um, but these things don't break unless you're drag racing them. If you're if you're runway racing them or roll racing them, uh, they really don't break. So at least we haven't seen it. I mean, I'm sure there's a limit somewhere. But I mean, someday I would like to make a quarter mile pass, right? But I don't know. I... I've been saying that for years, and the pucker factor is, you know, if anything goes wrong. I guess I guess as long as I don't use like uh, real slicks, then my tire's the weakest point. Well, actually, that's that makes sense, but that's actually not what you want to do. 
uh, a radial tire will shock the driveline significantly more. I know this from my Mitsubishi racing days because I broke every all-wheel drive part there is known to man. What what you want? Yeah, but you can also are, buy every one of those parts in AutoZone. Well, that might be an exaggeration, but I literally went to a junkyard called Al's Atomic Pick You Part. <clears throat> okay, and it was in a really bad part of Dallas. That's where they are. Yeah. And <laughs> no, I mean, it was like really bad. It was so bad that I bought, I was scared to go there. I bought a four foot long breaker bar just to carry around with me because I was, I figured that people wouldn't, you know, mess with me if I had a giant stick. And uh, we used to pull transfer cases and basically and axles and, and everything out of uh, DSMs. And, uh, you know, I'd pay $75 for a transfer case. And that, that was still like, it was hard for me to afford doing all of that back then. It was, you know, every pass you might break two, $300 with the parts. So mm. it was, uh, but yeah, with, with the tires, the a radial tire, you know, there's no give in the sidewall. So it shocks the driveline really hard, but with a bias ply tire, uh, like a, like a full slick, uh, you'll know at the end, the first time you drive the car, you'll be like, Oh, I get it now. Because literally it feels like you're driving on sponges compared to tires. And everything's just really nice and smooth. And the car just kind of jiggles down the track. There's not a lot of, like if you get tire shake kind of stuff where wheel hop, where it's spinning or whatever, it's way easier on the equipment. Hmm. So you, you actually would want, if you were going to do it for real and go for like a big number and run it hard, you'd probably be better off putting slicks on it. Okay. The only problem with that is is the look. I don't like the look you know, of the big, of the big slick on the P car. I don't even know what I could fit because I got 19 inch wheels and the carbon brakes. So I don't, you'd have to go down. You'd have to go to like a 15 or, or 16. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't go that low, but even, I, I think you can get some 18 inch slicks, some sizes, but even, I don't know if I can fit 18 inch wheels even with you'd those need big like, brakes. I mean, I used to run 13 inch wheels and we put, uh, brakes from a 1991 Plymouth laser uh, because it just happened to be the same brakes, single piston calipers. And that would stop the car once that was it. Yeah. Like, this, these, this isn't encouraging information. It's not like I'm like, Oh yeah. And after talking to these guys, I want to go out and do it for sure. Well, we had parachutes. It's like a right? pain now. Well, neither, n none of us are doing any drag racing. So we're all on, I mean, I'm on a, are we on different tires? I'm on the the uh, Nitto Triple Five R2 rears. Yeah, I would like to be drive. on the Nitto, but uh, I have to have a matching front and mm -hmm. rear tire with all-wheel drive, so that dramatically reduces the options. Does that limit you to the um, the Triple Eight R? I could do a Triple Eight R. I could do a couple of other tires. Uh, but there's a very, very small number. Now, of course, maybe there's nothing stopping you from running a, a you know, a Nitto drag radial on the rear and then a, like a Nitto 450 or something like that on the front that's more of a, a, a more of a street tire because you're not really putting that much torque down in the front. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've, I'm wary of that. I ran some Michelin Pilot Sports in the rear and some uh, something else. I can't remember what it was. Uh, in the front and you know they were they were all street tires they weren't race tires but it was just because i couldn't find the michelins to buy for the front 
uh, to match it. And the whole car was just, I mean, it was scary dangerous. Even at five, 600 wheel horsepower, it would, you know, move around two lanes anytime you stepped on the gas. So mm-hmm. I, I ran mismatched front rear tires. I ran the, the, I guess it was the R triple eight R's on the rear. And then the front, I had Michelin pilot sport cup twos. And I, I never experienced any, although this was just when my car was, you know, a full bolt bolt on and meth. So I, I didn't experience any of that stuff, but I'll tell you what, the way that Steve has my car set up now, I can't even, I, it is so confidence inspiring when I make a half mile pass it's unreal. Yeah, so, well, Steve I don't know if tires have a, a lot there, but it's uh, I mean, it feels yeah, good. We are not running stock. I mean, we are running a lot of stock suspension components in the cars, but we are not running stock suspension geometry by any stretch of the imagination. Steve has gone and set our cars up so that when they, uh, when they squat, uh, you know, like on a typical track car. You've got quite a bit of, of camber uh, so that you get more bite out of the tires. But, you know, like when our cars squat under acceleration, the tires are almost perfectly vertical. Yes. So, uh, you know, like flat across the bottom. So uh, there, there's a lot of things that he does. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I mean, I'm sure he'd tell us if we asked, but I, you know, <laughs> St- Steve's the kind of guy that you can that you can really rely on uh, 100% of the time. Uh, well, that's that's the great thing about Steve. You know, in in the past, because I've done all this work myself, I'm always kind of over the mechanic's shoulder and like double and triple checking that they're they're doing what I. But Steve, I'm just like, hey, just do your thing, man. Let me know when it's ready to be picked up. Yeah, because realistically, you know, us meddling in it is just going to slow him down. You know, I yeah. I do like to ask generalized questions. So I mean, like, I know enough to you know say what I just did, but you know what what the exact specifications are. You know, that's uh, yeah, so there's something know. we don't have to worry about with Steve. We don't. Yeah. Know. Shout out, Steve. Steve Ott. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found Steve originally uh, differently than Todd did. Uh, he was he was asking questions about a very strange oil pump uh, problem that he had on uh, on one of the Porsche forums, and the, and I read his his question. And I was like, wow, that is the strangest thing I have ever heard in my life. And, you know, I don't remember too many details about it because this was like six, seven years ago. But I remember reading it and thinking, wow, this guy really knows what he's doing. Like, this is this is really well written, which is rare on Internet car forums. Let's be honest. A lot of the posting on there is, hey, bro, what's up? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, he got a lot of answers. And it was a it was a forehead slapping moment. You're like, yeah, these answers. Yeah, you you guys. Yeah, I know. Keyboard down. Yeah. And then, uh, then later there was another post from Steve and he was updating everybody as to, he had figured out what the problem was and he told everybody to help anybody else who might run into such a problem. And I was like, wow, not only is he really good and he can spell and punctuate, which <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, if you, if you, if I have this theory that if you want to know who's full of crap on the internet, if they if what you're reading isn't spelled correctly, they probably are full of crap. That makes <laughs> and, me kind of want to go check my posts. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I I had to go install the the Grammarly extension for my browser to, to save me from that. Yeah. Uh, 
And, uh, but then, you know, he came back and told everybody about everybody about it later. And so the, mm-hmm. like that follow-up, I was just like, wow, this guy, is, I don't know, stood out to me. Cause you don't see that very often. And then when, when his name got floated, uh, when my engine was getting put back together as a place to go, it's like, yeah, I, you know what? I know, I know who that guy is. I'm going to call that guy. And it was the best decision I ever made. Well, that's how I found him oh. too. Is through well, not too, I guess through you. I mean, yeah, that was that was a recommendation I got from you. Yeah, and Todd was already there. Yeah. My How story, Steve. Steve, when when I first saw him, I thought he was the coolest cat because at the time he was working for Driver Source, which he still is, and of course, at Driver Source, there's a plethora of cool cars, and um, he literally had his choice of anything he wanted to drive, he would drive. And so he was in, he was in a blue 996 GT2, which happened to be Jerry Seinfeld's at one point. So he's in that car and uh, we're going to Hennessy's to do a 6130 event that Peter Block had put on. And uh, he and Ben Moores were out there and Ben was in the silver car. I was in my gray tip and Steve was in this blue car and we stopped and we would cruise out to the track and I 10 get to the track and he was just he was just a real first of all he's a really great driver because and he was getting better times out of a stock gt2 than i was out of a modified tip (laughs) (laughs) and and so um i had the my car would was already uh modified by um tommy bond good old auto bond motorsports you know the super king right yeah the super guys Yeah. yeah so tommy had done my turbos, um, you know, in a tune in, in a basic, you know, setup for the, for the tip and, um, ran that for a while, but that met Steve and, um, and then not, not, not long after that, uh, he was doing all the work on the, on the Porsche because he was, he was more of a Porsche guy than Tommy was. Tommy's a fantastic, you know, tech and he's a genius in the, in the super world. And, you know, he knows his stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, that was my run-in with Steve, and then man, I, that was probably fourteen years ago. Hmm. Well, I was telling Amber from Force Performance about Steve, and she went back in her, into her uh, photo archive and found a photo of him. Speaking of him driving cool cars, he was driving. Was it a Bugatti that he was driving? Yeah, is that oh, is that, that the picture when he just he photo. looked like a baby? Yeah, no, that, that was the photo I posted. He and uh, he and Polly Walnuts were talking, but yeah, he was in the EB10, EB1, Polly blue one. What's yeah. uh, what's Polly? Uh, have you heard from Polly in the uh, last? You know, he, he's kind of you know, he's kind of faded off. Uh, you know, he still has the yellow GT2, I'm sure, but uh, he's kind of he's slowed down quite a bit. I met up with him, well, this is a long time ago when I had my 996 when I was getting ready to do a clutch job and I was trying to decide if I was going to do the the GT2 hydraulic conversion or not. Mm. And, and I happened to be in Houston that weekend and he's like, Hey, just come by my house and I'll let you, uh, you know, see what a, what the pedal feels like. So I went and met him and. Oh, wow. Good guy. Yeah. He's yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's a, he's a really good guy too. I mean, you know, everybody that we've, we've grown up in Porsches has been, you know, has been really great and he still has that car too. The Porsche community is one of my favorite communities. I, I mean, I've had a lot of different cars and I'm in, in some other communities and stuff, but I just, I, I don't know. Ironically, may, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. The Porsche guys seem like the most down to earth, cool guys than a lot of other groups that are, I don't know, trying to prove something. 
Probably definitely better than the Viper guys, right? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know about the Viper guys. I <laughs> I hear about them. Well, yes, they talk that, a lot. We know that. <laughs> that being okay. So so speaking of 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 uh, of reader, listener, <laughs> listener uh, questions. We've got this one from the Mean Z, and says how. The Dodge Viper is a superior to literally any other method of transportation. <laughs> so this is what you get out of Viper guys. Mm. Uh, you know, I saw that. I, I saw that go through on. I think it was on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> How about it's not? Next question. Well, you know, it, <laughs> it 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 is one of the only cars that you could literally take the engine out of it and put it into the truck that you needed to tow yourself home. <laughs> <laughs> 